Hey there, everyone. Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready for the Draft podcast, episode 37 of the 2020 podcast series, getting you ready for the NFL draft. We're just a couple of days away, April 23rd through the 25th, all seven rounds held completely virtual. You know when you have something that's just held completely virtually, everyone on VPN, you're going to have Zoom and Skype, Something's bound to go wrong, right? We're going to have some sort of technical difficulties during this draft. Uh, There's a lot of uncertainty. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of drama. Um, So I can't wait for all of that to take place. So we left off last podcast looking at the first four rounds uh, on the defensive side of the football, uh, defensive ends, tackles, and both inside and outside linebackers. We're going to get through the 5th through 7th rounds, and then we're going to jump into the corners and the safeties. We've got a lot of information to cover, so we're just going to go ahead and jump right into things because I want to make sure that we're covering anything and everything, try to get as many players together because, look, I want to make sure that you're getting ready for this draft, that you understand and you hear all the different names as they talk about them. You'll be able to sit there and think, you know what? I remember Greg talking about this guy, and this is a guy to, to keep an eye on, even if it is on, on day three and this is an FCS prospect that people aren't really talking about. I want to make sure that I bring that to you. So let's go ahead and jump into the fifth round, and we're looking at linebackers first, and I'm looking at the Chargers, and the Chargers lost to Jatavis Brown, and uh, I think that's one of the, the areas that the Chargers will end up looking. And uh, in round number six, I'm looking at Davion Taylor out of Colorado. And uh, you know this is a guy who... A bit of an undersized linebacker, I think converted safety, if you will. Guy who has a, a ton of range, and I think that's really what jumps off off the screen. And, and this is a guy; he's a former track uh, track star, tremendous athlete. So uh, when you look at him, he's six foot, two hundred twenty eight pounds, ran a four four nine forty, thirty five inch vertical leap. I look at him. I look at the linebackers there. Uh, you know, Nick Vigil is is. Uh, on the roster now, you have Denzel Perryman. I think they need to add some some athleticism there to the linebacker position, and I think that's exactly what he can bring. Um, I'm looking at Drew Tranquil as well, kind of one of those new age linebackers. And then you know, at, at uh, outside linebacker, you have Uchenna Nwosu and, and Melvin Ingram. And I, I think with Taylor, he could potentially be an outside backer, and you know, he just provides depth both. You know, inside and outside. I really like that pick to the Chargers. And, and like I said, he reminds me a lot of Jatavis Brown um, with that athleticism. I'm looking at Miami in round number five, and I think they need to get a nose tackle. You know, when, when it's all said and done, I, I think Miami, they're not going to use all of their draft picks. Um, I'd be surprised even if they use all three of their, their first round picks. Um, but you know, it remains to be seen exactly what they're going to pull off. But when you look at the nose tackle position, all you have is Devon Godshaw um, sitting there in the middle of that defense. And when I look at Miami, um, you know, they need another guy in the middle to at least push for playing time. And I'm looking at Bravion Roy. If you haven't gotten to see this guy play, um, he was really a lot of fun to watch there for, for Matt Rule and company at Baylor. And with Roy... He and, and James Lynch really partnered up well, uh, putting pressure on the quarterback. 6'1", 333 pounds. And this is a guy, look, 61 tackles from the nose tackle position. Tremendously active. A guy who had really really quick first step off the ball. A guy who can hold the point of attack. Um, he's a true nose tackle. Look, 13 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks. He has that pass rush ability. And one of the things that I thought was interesting with Baylor, he had a lot of snaps where he was standing up. 
you don't see a nose tackle stand up very often. And this was a guy who just seemed to have an, a nonstop motor, was always working, and a guy who was on the field more often than not at the nose. You know, the nose tackles, they're not always a guy that's going to, you know, be tremendously active, just a space easer. He's not that that guy. He's going to do more than just take up a lot of space. I really like Bravion Roy. I was surprised that he didn't make it to the combine. He's actually one of my favorite players to watch. You paired him, like I said, with, with, with James Lynch. And I, I think of Jalen Hurts going up against Baylor. And frankly, he, he just did not want to have to, to deal with these two guys because they were relentless coming after him. And uh, I really like Bravion Roy. I think he's a guy that can end up being a starter in the league when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I really don't care what anybody else says about this guy. I think he he has uh, legit skills and a guy that I think belongs uh, in the league and you know as a potential starter. You know, I've I've moved some some picks around, so uh, I'm going to be getting that onto the website. So you want to be able to uh, in the next day take a look at the website, take a look at readyforthedraft.com and, and see where I have everyone going. But in, in round number five, I'm looking at Travis Gibson out of Tulsa going to the Ravens. Um, and, and what I've done with, with the Ravens uh, draft to this point is, you know, I, I had him taking Ruiz, Cesar Ruiz in round number one, uh, Jordan Brooks, the inside linebacker in round two, along with Robert Hunt. They get a defensive end in Raquan Davis, Antoine, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden, get a big wide receiver, safety in, uh, in Antoine Brooks, defensive end. Uh, I think they need more than one. They get Rashad Lawrence. They have another inside backer in Willie Gay. And uh, then looking at Travis Gibson, outside linebacker, a guy who has uh, pass rush ability and a guy who, you know, he could potentially be a 4-3 defensive end. Um, but I look at him, I'd like to play him in space. Watching him at the Senior Bowl, I thought he struggled at times getting off of blocks, coming off the edge. But look, 15 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, 13 total in his career, 8 forced fumbles, including 5 in uh, 2018 as a junior. I really like this pick. I think he's a guy that can end up being a nice uh, uh <clears throat> position player and, and a rotational player there for the Ravens. Uh, as we continue to move down the draft board, I'm looking at, ta- uh, at Tampa Bay. I think they need another defensive end. They did bring in uh, Ndamukong Sue. They got him back. They've got William Golston. I'm looking at McTelvin Aguim out of Arkansas. 6'3", 309. I think he's going to end up being a pretty nice five technique. You're going to say, well, he's, he's a pretty big dude. Ran a 4.9840, still bench pressed. Uh, 225, 27 times as well. He, he's pretty athletic. A guy who, um, you know, at, at times, you know, he, he really gave gave teams fits, even in the SEC. And you look at his numbers, 31 tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks in his career, six forced fumbles, four pass breakups. This is a guy who is going to, I, I think he's going to thrive in, in the five technique. And I'm looking at Tampa Bay. That'd be a nice fit for him. So then we move on. Continuing down this draft board, we got to move fast and furious through these picks. Got a lot of guys to cover. I'm looking at Minnesota, and uh, you know the Vikings. They need another defensive tackle. I, I think the the Vikings absolutely do. When you look at them up front, they've got Shamar Steven. You know, I, I think they could potentially look for an upgrade there to play next to Michael Pierce, who's their nose tackle. And I'm looking at Robert Windsor out of Penn State. Some people have him coming off the board in either the sixth or seventh round. But the reason why I really like Windsor, he's he's tremendously athletic. He's 6'4, 290 pounds, ran a 4940, a guy who has pretty good balance as well, a guy who's going to look to shoot gaps uh, and really take advantage of his athleticism to make plays in the backfield. 
I think with Minnesota, this is a guy that could potentially compete with Steven for a starting spot when it's all said and done. Eagles, I think that at some point the Eagles are going to look for another defensive end as well. I mean, you know, you do have um, Derek Barnett and you have Brandon Graham. They're at the defensive end position. Josh Sweat as well. Uh, you trade it for Jannard Avery, who's either a linebacker, could potentially be a defensive end. Joe Ostman is a guy that also um, has some pass rush ability. But I think they end up, you can't have enough good pass rushers. And, and I think if Avery ends up playing linebacker, then uh, Kenny Willickis is a guy that you could potentially be looking at. And what I like about Willickis, again, you know, a guy who plays with constant effort, um, you know, 49 tackles for loss, 23 and a half sacks, a guy who just always seemed to be living in opposing backfields. He's not the most athletic guy. And I think that's one of the things that's going to cause his draft stock to really, really drop and pulls him into the fifth round, ran a four, eight, seven forty, nothing spectacular, uh, but a guy who's just going to continue continuously work. I think he's a guy that's going to find his way out onto the field. It may not be in Philly, um, but I think he's going to end up finding a home there in the NFL. Uh, Jaguars, you know, I, I talked previously about the fact that, Hey, they lost Calais Campbell and you know, they, they, you know, ultimately let him go. And, uh, you've got Yannick Ngakwe and his future is really in question. So I'm looking at, at some point they need to get a defensive end. Jonathan Garvin out of Miami, 6'4", 263 pounds. Another guy who, you know, I, I think he's a developing prospect, a guy who just continues to get better and better. I would have liked to have seen him come back to, to Miami for one more season, really, you know, continue his development as that, you know, as it stands, uh, you know, as a sophomore in 2018, 17 tackles for loss, uh, follows that up with another nine in 2019, has 12 and a half sacks in his career as well. Uh, this is a kid, I, I, thought that he could have been you know potentially a a day two prospect had he come back for his senior season uh there at Miami as it stands like I said um I, I think he's a guy that could potentially play his way into a rotational player and could potentially he has that fringe starter potential in my opinion um ascending prospect in my opinion as well uh, Lorel Murchison, I think at some point you're going to see a defensive end go to Houston. And I like Murchison, uh, a guy who isn't known for his explosiveness off the ball. He's 6'3", uh, 297. Uh, tremendous balance, though. And when you look at the ends, you've got J.J. Watt. You've got Charles Amenahu uh, on the roster, uh, Angelo Blackson. Uh, but I think they need to add another defensive end. And I think Murchison could end up being that guy. Um, a guy who has some pass rush ability um, looking with NC State. And NC State's sent a lot of guys uh, to the NFL recently uh, along the defensive front. And I think Murchison's going to be the next guy in line. Uh, you know, 20 tackles for loss and 11 sacks in uh, two seasons there with the Wolfpack. Continuing to move through uh, round, number, uh, round number five, I'm looking at Evan Weaver. Out of Cal, the tackling machine, going to the Patriots. This guy just feels like a, a Patriots pick. You know, an intelligent player, guy who has a nose for the football. 6'2, 237 pounds. Actually ran a faster 40 time at the combine than I would have expected out of Evan Weaver. Ran a 476. But uh, you know, this is a guy that you know you're not drafting him for his tremendous speed or explosiveness. You're drafting him for the instincts, you're drafting him for you know the nose for the football. And 
you know, a guy who's just, again, a tackling machine, 181 tackles this past season after as a junior, he had 155 tackles, um, you know, and, and 23 tackles for loss in his career, eight and a half sacks, 11 pass breakups do win over 400 tackles. And really, when you look at that, you know, what's impressive about the 407 tackles is he only came into uh, 2018 uh, with just uh, 71 tackles in his career. So, I mean, when you talk about that, you're talking about a guy who was able to put up 336 tackles in two seasons. Unreal. I think the Patriots find a home for him, and he's one of those guys that uh, you want to have on your roster because he just he just knows where the ball is going to be, and he's going to be able to make some plays. Um Continuing through, uh, we get to the linebacker positions at the end of round number five. KC needs, I think KC needs another linebacker. Um, why not, right? Um, but when you look you look at them, uh, they've got uh, Anthony Kitchens. They've got uh, Damian Wilson, Dorian O'Daniel, Ben Neiman. I think they need to get another guy in there that's going to challenge for playing time. And I really like uh, Michael Walker. Uh, out of Fresno State, you know, very long and lean dude, uh, 6'3", uh, 230 pounds. And, and with Walker, you know, another guy who was, you know, a really good athlete, you know, tremendous range in just two seasons with the Bulldogs, 182 tackles, 22 and a half going for loss, 10 pass breakups. Uh, offers a little bit of, uh, you know, ability to rush the passer, but this is a guy who's going to play sideline to sideline. He's going to make plays behind the line of scrimmage and he's going to drop into coverage. Um, so he's a guy to me that I think actually could end up being drafted even higher, uh, ran a four, six, five 40 at the combine. He's going to be a name to watch there on day number three. And then Denver, I already mentioned that they were going to take an inside backer. I think they're actually going to go ahead and draft two. And I'm looking at Shaq Quarterman out of Miami, six foot, 234 pounds. This guy, you know, he started every game of his career at uh, at the U. Uh, it's it's crazy because it feels like he's been playing there for a decade. When you thought of the U on defense, you thought of you know number 55, Shaq Quarterman. Um, you know, a guy who you know had at least 80, 82 tackles in each of his first three seasons. And then as a senior, really went off 107 tackles, uh, 15 and a half going for loss, has 46 tackles for loss in his career, 12 sacks, including five as a junior, uh, 13 pass breakups as well. Uh, so a guy who has shown that he can drop into coverage. I, th- I was worried that all he was was going to be a downhill thumper type of a guy, but I, I thought that he did show you know, better skills dropping into coverage. I thought there was some definite tightness in his hips. He would get lost at times. I think he's definitely improved in that area. And look, when you're talking about Denver and you're talking about the the linebacking core, especially along the interior of that line, or uh, the interior of that linebacking core, I mean, you've got Josie Jewell, uh, you've got Alexander Johnson, you've got Todd Davis, you know, to me, I, I think you need to continue to add football players and playmakers to that group um, because I'm not sold on these guys. You know, being that, um, being those starters and those impact players. I already have them taking uh, Malik Harrison in round number three. You get Shaq Quarterman. I think that really kind of balances things out in that linebacking core, especially when you have Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller rushing the passer coming off the edge. So then we move on. To round number six and looking at round six what's interesting here this is another round that i've kind of been adjusting a little bit um and i'm looking at benito jones 
from Ole Miss, 6'1", 316 pounds. Uh, what I like about, about Benito Jones is this is a guy who I thought was pretty active. This is a guy who seemed to always get you know driven off off the ball. There were a lot, there's a lot of bad tape there. Um, pad level, even though he is just 6'1", pad level at times would get himself, you know, would get him in trouble. That said, 31 tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks in his career. You could say, don't look at the stats. You're going to see a lot of plays, you know, a lot of these trash plays. And that's true. And that's why he's going to be a sixth round pick. But he does offer up that ability. You really need to work on, on pad level. You need to work on, you know, really his his anchor more than anything else so he's not getting driven back off the ball but I'm looking at at this and Steve Steve McClendon only has another year left on his deal there at nose tackle you've got uh you know um Folorenzo uh, Fatukasi uh behind McClendon and uh you know Foley Fatukasi sure he could potentially you know fill in that void but I think you need to get another guy in there and I really think that Benito Jones has uh, a little bit of athleticism to him um Five two six forty, you know, not not overly explosive. Ran an eight two one, uh, three cone drill, but I think he's got a little bit of that short area burst more than anything else. Um, I think six rounds probably feels about right there for for Benito. Um, moving on, we look at the Colts of one ninety four, and uh, I, I think here the Colts could end up looking for another pass rusher, and the reason being is the Colts, you know, they've got Kimoko Ture. Uh, to, to pair up with Justin Houston, Ben Banigou, um, Al-Qadin, uh Muhammad there on the outside as well. I think this is a, an area where they could end up going with with another defensive end and going DJ Wonham. And DJ Wonham, you know, is a guy, you know, ascending prospect in my opinion. People aren't really talking about him, but he's a big dude. He's 6'5", 258 pounds. Um, you know, I, I think plays plays around the line of scrimmage, 29 and a half tackles for loss. 14 sacks. Uh, the last two seasons been been hit with the injury bug. Only played in four games in 2018, 11 and 2019. Um, needs to stay healthy and stay out on the field. You know, I think that's really why you know the production dropped off for him was the battling all those injuries. Ran a 4.7340, 34 and a half inch vertical leap. I think this is a guy six round range. I think Chris Ballard will be looking for a guy that's you know he can he can nab here in in the sixth or seventh round that can add to add to that pass rush group. Um, looking at let's see going on from there the Colts another defensive tackle. I have the Colts taking a defensive tackle um earlier in the draft. Um, and when I pull that up, let's see where did he go. So I had them taking Devon Hamilton. I'm looking at them. I, I think they still need to get bigger up front. And I'm looking at Raekwon Williams, 6'4", 308, high cut dude, uh, needs to work on his, his pad level, I think more than anything else. When this guy plays with a low pad level, he can be incredibly dominant. Um, you know, I, I think he's got some stiffness in his hips, which, you know, causes problems with his pad level. Um, but look, you know, he, he's pretty active. 157 tackles in his career, 29 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks. Um, you know, this is a guy, he just, he continued to make plays, you know, for, for the Spartans, for Sparty. Um, and a guy who I think a lot of people were expecting him to be one of the top uh, defensive players um, as a junior you know, you saw some of the flashes in his freshman and sophomore season. So people were trying to predict here's going to be the breakout player. Didn't happen as a junior. And as a result, there was a lot of disappointment to his game. So I think he's been, you know, 
he hasn't been that bad of a player, but I think what's happened is he hasn't lived up to some of the lofty expectations, and that's something that can definitely hurt him. Uh, Tyler Clark out of Georgia. Um, I, I think I'm looking at the Patriots. I think they need another defensive end. They've got Lawrence Guy. They've got John Simon lining up at defensive end at times. And uh, what I like about Tyler Clark, this is a guy that can be absolutely, you know, he, he can be explosive. He can get up the ball, up the field, and uh, can really wreak havoc on the quarterback. And, you know, he's just not all that consistent. 6'4", 300 pounds, um, you know, and... He did such a rotation there with at Georgia, and I think that's really one of the things that you know got him in. You know, you can't look at the stats. Nine, just nineteen and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. But you put on the game film, and you saw uh, number fifty-two making flash, you know, splash plays. You know, getting into the backfield, affecting the quarterback, and really being disruptive. And I think that's one of the things for me when I look at him. When I look at Tyler Clark, he wasn't invited to the combine, and I think people look at at some of the stats, and that's really where you know, you worry about him at times. But I thought he was dominant at times against Texas A and M, uh, and you know I, I I think he's someone that can get up the field and be a you know, be a nightmare behind the line of scrimmage. I thought he also had a nice game against Auburn, uh, two tackles for loss in that game against the Tigers. Uh, they got a big win over the Tigers in that game. So I, I think this is a guy that, again, you know, Bill Belichick looking for guys who can make plays that can be versatile. And I think Tyler uh, Clark can be that guy, especially in round number six. Let's see. How about Kamal Martin? I think the Chicago Bears are looking for, for a linebacker. Um, I really like Kamal Martin. I think he's a big, rangy linebacker, runs pretty well. Um, battled a little bit of injuries there in uh, in 2019, but um, is an effective playmaker. I look at the linebacking core. You've got Khalil Mack. You've got Danny Trevathan. You've got Roquan Smith. You've got Robert, Robert Quinn. Kind of a murderer's row in terms of the playmakers there. Kiki Mingo behind them. Um, Joel Iagbuniwe uh, is an inside linebacker, but I think there's, you know, you've got some guys that, uh, you know, Josh Woods, James Waters, guys that, uh, you know, frankly need to be pushed, um, you know, and I think you could potentially get an upgrade there at the linebacker position. And uh, Kamal Martin, I think he, he is athletic. Um, you know, that's one of the things. He's not quite the same player that DeAndre Campbell was coming out of uh, Minnesota, but 6'3", 240 pounds, um, you know, a guy that that has that range, the ability to play sideline to sideline, um, you know, an intelligent player as well. Um, played in just eight games in 2019, and I think that, you know, affected some of his, um, you know, some of the stats, some of the production as well. Um you know, 34 inch arms. So he's, he's got the length to him as well. Um, so I think this is probably about the right spot for him to come off the board and look, you know, the bears have some depth there. Um, I think Kamal Martin is a guy though that can, you know, get onto the roster and be a rotational guy as he continues to develop. Um, as we move through Jaguars, I think at some point the Jaguars need to get another linebacker. They did draft Joe Schobert. They have Miles Jack. And, uh, you know, it's really going to be that other linebacker position. What are they going to do there? Who's going to be the guy filling in that that hole? Um, you know, Leon Jacobs, is he going to be the strong side backer? Is Quincy Williams ultimately going to rotate over there? What's that going to look like? Um, you know, Dakota Allen is another guy that's on the roster that could potentially play that role. Um, but I'm looking at... Uh, Dele Harding 
out of Illinois. He was the inside linebacker there for uh, the Fighting Illini. Another guy who was just a tackling machine. Wasn't invited to the combine and uh, really wasn't all that heralded in the offseason games. But uh, look, tremendously productive. 149 tackles this past season. 14 tackles for loss and, and three interceptions. Uh, at the linebacker position. And I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he was Lovey, the heartbeat of Lovey Smith's defense. And so when you talk about having a linebacker who's coached up by Lovey Smith, you know what you're getting. You're getting a smart, intelligent player. And uh, the thing that I like about Harding is I think he has some of that versatility. I think he can play. He might be a weak side backer, which means that you may look at Miles Jack potentially moving to the strong side. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see how things play out, but I think Harding would be a nice player. I had him going to the Patriots at one point because he does feel like a guy that could potentially be a Bill Belichick type player, but I think his athleticism is really going to play well there in Jacksonville. I think Green Bay needs to get another defensive, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a pass rusher, an edge rusher, if you will, coming off the edge. You know, you've got the Smith duo, um, you know, with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Beyond them, there's Sean Gary that's playing outside backer. Uh, Tim Williams was a guy that they brought in from Baltimore. But uh, I think they need to get another pass rusher. And look, Olawole Batiku came to uh, to Illinois from USC, you know, battled some injuries, and just didn't really see the, the field there for the Trojans. Shows up in Illinois, and uh, as a junior, uh, 13 tackles for loss and nine sacks. You know, most of those sacks were coming you know, at the beginning of the season, really struggled in Big Ten play, which I think is why uh, we didn't see him invited to the combine. We didn't see him invited to the senior bowl or anything like that. But look, he's still a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback, a guy that needs to really play in space and coming off the edge. Um, you know, he struggles to get off blocks, but if you allow him to play in space, uh, I think he's a guy that could potentially develop, especially behind uh, Smith and Smith. Uh, sounds like a law firm. Uh, 6'3", 249, Batiku going to Green Bay. Um, I look at San Francisco. I look at that linebacking core and... You know, the linebackers there, you're saying, well, there's that's not a need. You know, why would you end up, why in, you know, in your right mind would you be looking at a, a linebacker for the 49ers? They've got Quan Alexander, they've got Fred Warner, they've got Dre Greenlaw. If one of those guys gets hurt, then, you know, that's where you have those question marks. You know, Joey Alfieri, Joe Walker, um, you know, Aziz Alshire. I, I actually like Alshire. I think he's a guy who um, could end up making some plays there for, for the 49ers. But I look at, at uh, Kalik Hudson and I look at uh, the safety position. I think he could potentially be a, a backup strong safety if you needed him to. Um, he could be a, you know one of those guys that patrols around the line of scrimmage. Uh, excellent range. You know, he's not the biggest guy. Um, you know, 5'11", 224 pounds. Showed up at the Combine. And uh, ran a four, five, six, forty. Put up two twenty-five thirty times. You know, so he's a big ball of muscle, but a guy who can be versatile. He can be a you know a new age linebacker. Could also drop back and, and play safety a little bit. He has that experience in his career. So uh, I actually like the pick uh, when it's all said and done. You know, I mentioned the Jets. Uh, in the last podcast that they were going to double up at the uh, rush end position uh, in round number three. I actually have kind of moved things around. I actually have Josh Uche going to the Rams now in round number three. And I'm looking at the Jets after they take Curtis Weaver. They look for another guard. I think Brian Winters isn't going to be the answer there forever. So I think Natane Mute actually ends up going to the Jets in round number three. And uh, so they need to find another pass rusher, in my opinion. Jordan uh, Jenkins is the only other guy there. If they get Curtis Weaver at the top of round number three, then a guy like Bryce Huff from Memphis would be a nice fit. Um, 
you know, Bryce Huff is a guy that can rush the passer coming off the edge there for Memphis, 6'3", 255 pounds, um, you know, has 18 and a half sacks in his career, 39 and a half tackles for loss, a guy that can play around, you know, and behind the line of scrimmage, can get into opposing backfields and be disruptive. I think that's something that, uh, that they're going to need there. Um, in uh, in New York for sure they can't have enough of those guys. I think the Patriots uh, looking for another outside linebacker. I had them taking Zach Bond in round number one. They go ahead and get another linebacker in round number six. Carter Coughlin out of Minnesota, 6'3", 236 pounds, um, ran a four five six forty at the combine. Um, you know so more explosive straight ahead than I was expecting. The one thing with Coughlin though, is he does have some stiffness to him. He does struggle to get off blocks at times. I think he does a decent job setting the edge. And when you look at the stats, look, you know, 40 tackles for loss, including uh, 26 and a half in 2017 and 2018. There was a drop off there his senior season. Um, but look, he still ended up with 22 and a half tackles for loss. He has eight uh, forced fumbles. Uh, to his credit as well, four pass breakups in 2019 as well. He's a guy who's just a tireless worker, a guy who has a nonstop motor. And, um, you know, he's, again, just feels like a Bill Belichick type of guy and a guy who's going to end up playing his way onto the field. Um, you know, if nothing else, he's making all those effort plays. Getting to round number seven, Michael Pinckney out of uh, Miami. You know, he was one of the the trio of linebackers with Zach McLeod and, and uh, Shaq Quarterman that came in and started right away there for the U. 5'11", 235 pounds, another veteran there at the position. I really like uh, Michael Pinckney. Um, I think he's got some decent athleticism. I look at him going to the Bengals in round number seven. The Bengals could use another linebacker. They did lose Nick Vigil. And uh, so I think this is a guy that can potentially uh, earn a, a roster spot. You know, he's got that just that veteran presence to him and uh, a guy that I think can end up, um, like I said, making a ro- making the roster when it's all said and done. I'm looking at Cam Gill. We're going to get into some of these FCS players. And Cam Gill out of... Uh, out of Wagner, 6'3", you know, he's a big dude, you know, 6'3", 240 pounds, the outside linebacker, um, and a guy who just, he knows how to get after the quarterback. I think that's one of the things that is so surprising, and I think because of his pass rush ability, he could possibly end up coming off the board earlier on day three. I don't think he's going to go any sooner than that. You saw him at times struggle, um, you know, out in space, especially in the um, some of the, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Some of the uh, postseason games, you know, you saw him really kind of struggle when you actually asked him to drop into coverage and into space. And that's that's going to be his biggest issue, um, I, I think, more than anything else. But when you look at him, I'm having a hard time bringing up his stats right now because um, what what's fun about him is... He's just a playmaker, a guy who flies around to the football. Um, come on. None of these stats, the stat lines. Wagner's website is not wanting to give me any of my stats that I need. Why is this not working? So anyway... When I look at, at, at Cam Gill, I look at the Redskins, and we're talking about other linebackers. I think this is a guy who can come onto the roster and really solidify and, and round out that group. You know, he's I, I'm looking at the team and I'm looking at you know really trying to figure out how we can round out um, 
round things out. This is a guy who knows how to get after the quarterback, a guy who can continue to develop. If you lose Ryan Kerrigan, then I think you're going to need that a fourth linebacker, and I think Cam Gill can end up being that guy. Um, let's see, San Francisco going to need another defensive tackle. I know that they've got Kinlaw on the roster already. I'm looking at Khalil Davis in round number seven as another guy that you could potentially go after. And, and Khalil Davis has some some pass rush ability. Um Ran a four seven five forty at the combine, you know, and also put up two twenty five thirty two times. So tremendously explosive and powerful player. Uh, it's just weird how Nebraska wasn't able to stop anybody up the middle running the football when you had the Davis twins and uh, Darian Daniels in there. Can never really figure that out. Giants they need to get pass rushers. Um, you know, and I'm looking at Michael Dana out of Michigan, 6'2", 261 pounds. He's big. He's physical. He wins at the point of attack. And um, a guy, you know, when you talk about him, uh, transferred from Central Michigan, and when you look at him, you're like, ah, oh, you know, he didn't even really get onto the field there for, for Michigan, wasn't much of a playmaker, what really happened with him. And, um, you know, when you think about it, you know, he was playing behind guys like uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who I think is going to be a stud there at Michigan. You know, when you look at his his game with the Chippewas, 27 and a half tackles for loss, 15 sacks, including eight and a half as a, a junior, uh, three fumble recoveries, a pass breakup, you know, Two of those fumble recoveries he actually took for took back for a touchdown. I think he's a guy that can be a potential depth player there for the Giants. Vikings. I'm looking at Bryce Sterk out of Montana State. You know, and again, I mentioned that we were going to start getting into some of these FCS guys. Um, but Bryce Sterk is is a guy that I think plays with his hair on fire. I I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a guy who's tremendously athletic and uh, a guy who can play all over the field. Um, very disruptive. And uh, when you look at his his numbers in, in 2018, uh, 17 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks on the year, um, and a guy who in, in 2019, uh, 65 tackles, including 20 for loss and 15 sacks. A guy who just again has a nose for for the football. Finished sixth in the FCS and second in the Big Sky in sacks, um, and a guy who I think when you look at. Uh, Minnesota looking for those defensive ends. I had him taking one um, and uh, earlier in the draft. And when I look at Bryce Sterk, I think he's another guy that can come in there. I think of Brian Robison, and that's kind of what he reminds me of a little bit, is another Brian Robison type. And uh, if you compare him with Jabari Zuniga, you get there with with Daniil Hunter. Um, I, I think those are some guys that could really improve their pass rush. Um, and Bryce Sterk, look, you know, his production, he could potentially end up getting drafted earlier in the draft. Kendall Coleman, I have him going to the Carolina Panthers in the seventh round, 6'3", 257. Uh, a guy who, look, he and uh, Alton Robinson had tremendous years in 2018. Production dropped off in 2019. Athletic guy, though, I think Carolina could end up getting some, some use out of the, out of him as a pass rusher. Uh, the Bears, I think the Bears also need to find a defensive end as um, uh a guy that's going to help put some pressure on the quarterback. And I'm going to give you somebody, another FCS prospect. And these are guys that I think, you know, they may not get drafted when it's all said and done, but I wanted to make sure that I, I had them listed. I had them noted and uh, had them accounted for, because even if they don't get drafted, I think these are going to be guys that are going to be playing at the next level. Look, he's 6'3", 269 pounds. And uh, a guy who just, you know, is, is a guy that can make plays. Um, he, he's really a lot of fun to watch. Um, 
you know, 27 tackles for loss in 2019 alone uh, and 12 sacks. Uh, just makes plays behind the line of scrimmage. You know, he's a big ball of energy, a, a big personality, and uh, did a lot there for the Dukes at James Madison. So I think the Bears can end up really getting a guy late in the draft that can really put some pressure on the quarterback, knows how to get home. I'm looking at Justin Sternod. Um, you know, Redskins also need an inside backer, challenge uh, Cole Holcomb. Justin Sternod, 6'3", 238 pounds. I thought he was a real versatile player there um, for Wake Forest, a guy who I thought could jump, drop back into coverage. Uh, very heady player, um, had the, in, the leg injury, you know, played in only seven games, but the year prior had 105 tackles, uh, has 10 pass breakups in his career, four interceptions, including three as a sophomore. You know, so he's a guy that can play behind the line of scrimmage. He and, or I'm sorry, at the line of scrimmage, he can drop into coverage a little bit. Uh, not the most athletic guy, ran in the four sevens, um, but a guy who I think you know he's an intelligent player, and I think he'd be a nice role player there. And uh, continuing to move along, we're almost to the end of the draft here. The Bears uh, need depth at that inside linebacker position. Looking at Joe Bocci, uh, a guy who was really kind of the heart and soul there at Michigan State, had the PED issue, 6'1", 230 pounds. Um, I think he can, he's a better player in coverage dropping than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, Green Bay, I think they, they need help at defensive end. And, uh, you know, Dean Lowry and, and Tyler Lancaster, I have them taking an end earlier in the draft, I actually have them taking uh, Marlon Davidson in the second round. And so I, I think you need to find another uh, guy that's, that's going to be able to um, rush the passer there in Green Bay. And I'm looking at, at Jonah Williams out of Weber State, 6'5", 275. And uh, again, you know, a, a guy who has double-digit sack potential, um, they're at, at the FCS level, you know, that jump in production, I'm sorry, the, the jump in, in, uh, in talent going to the NFL. I think this is a guy who could potentially end up on a practice squad, but could ultimately end up developing into a guy that's going to make a roster. Uh, Tipa Nalei, um, I have him going to Houston. I think Houston needs to find a couple of uh, playmakers coming off the edge and, uh, had him taking, uh, um, Daryl Taylor out of, uh, Tennessee earlier in the draft in the round number three. And, and Nalei, look, he's got tremendous length. Um, 29 tackles for loss, 19 and a half sacks. Really his big year was was the junior year um, under Matt Wells. 13 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, uh, 64 tackles. Tremendously productive. Saw a drop off in 2019. He was a transfer from TCU coming to the Aggies uh, for his final two seasons. And, um, you know, Nalei, um, you know, again, 6'5", 235, that length. I think he's a guy that, that's going to at least get a look there in Houston. Uh, the Browns, I'm looking at James Smith-Williams, 6'4", 265, uh, really good athlete. Um, you know, I think this is a, a guy, round seven makes makes some sense. He's another kid that that played at NC State, uh, not overly productive, but ran a 4'6", good athlete coming off the edge. He's a guy that you could potentially work with and develop. Um I'm looking at, at Francis Bernard as another linebacker there for the Giants. Um, really a guy for, for Utah that was pretty versatile. Houston needs a nose tackle. Um, you know, DJ Reader not on the roster. Uh, John Penasini, 6'1", 318 pounds. He's a guy that I think is athletic and a guy who can hold the point. 
And I mentioned Ferris State and Zach Zach Seiler uh, in the last podcast. 6'5", 275, Austin Edwards. Uh, I think Denver, you know, they lost Derek Wolf. They have Jarrell uh, Casey coming onto the roster. They re-signed uh, uh, Shelby Harris. And so I, I think, you know, Austin Edwards is a guy that could potentially make his way onto the roster. I think he's he's somebody like Zach Seiler. Um, you know, I think Seiler was a little bit more productive than than Edwards, but I think they both have that ability. And then I'm looking at uh, Casey Tuhill going to Denver, get another pass rusher coming off the edge, um, you know, in, in – uh, um, right at the end of the draft, 6'4", 250 pounds, two, uh, Casey Tuhill from Stanford, uh, intelligent player, a guy who knows his role, does it well, um, not overly flashy, but a guy who knows how to get after the quarterback, 14 uh, sacks in his career, 21 and a half tackles for loss, so he knows how to get behind the line of scrimmage, um, not the best athlete in the world, but just a smart, heady player, and I think that's something that the Broncos can get there at uh, you know the... Uh, linebacker position so now we're going to go ahead and transition to our corners and our safeties and we're going to go ahead and finish everything up and uh, tie everything up in a bow here for all of our players and then uh, tomorrow's podcast we're really going to be hammering home my final mock draft so uh, when we look at the corners and safeties, I think the guy that you have to be talking about is Jeffrey Okuda. Uh, I think Okuda, 6'1", 200 pounds, uh, the junior, you know, I think he's a better prospect than, than Denzel Ward, who came off the board number four overall to Cleveland. I've got him going number three to the Lions. Uh, tremendous size uh, for the position, I think. Uh, a guy who's very patient at the line, stays square to the, square to the wide receiver despite the receiver's initial movements off the line. Uh, which forces the wide receiver to commit before he turns and runs. Uh, can get very physical with the receiver, getting his hands on on the on his man to jam him and reroute him at the line. Also does a tremendous job using the boundary as another defender, pinning his man against the sideline, eliminating any separation. Really sticks like glue to the wideout uh, with his physical blanket coverage. Also does a good job in bail technique, getting on top of the wide receiver on vertical routes, looking back for the ball, look and lean, uh, getting you know, in towards the wide receiver to close the distance, hugs the ball side hip of the receiver, allowing him to, to extend those long arms and make a play on the ball. I think he's a day one starter. He's going to end up replacing Darius Slay, and uh, I think he has Pro Bowl potential when it's all said and done. So corners, you know, what's interesting with this draft is I think there are going to be four corners uh, that could potentially be drafted in round number one. I'm looking at number two, and... Uh, San Francisco sitting there at number 13. There's a good chance that Henry Ruggs comes off the board as number one wideout. I think Denver has a chance to trade up. A number of teams are really interested in their in his services. They've got to get ahead of the Jets, the Raiders, and the 49ers in order to do that. Because all those teams are going to be looking for a wideout. I think ultimately they all end up coming off the board before San Francisco picks at number 13, which means they have to look somewhere else. And I think C.J. Henderson solidified himself as a number two corner in this draft. Ran a 4-3-9-40 at the Combine. Look, this guy... You know, Pro Football Focus noted in 2018, he allowed just one reception on every 19 snaps and didn't allow a single touchdown in coverage. As a junior, had 11 pass breakups despite only playing in nine nine games, battling an ankle injury. Uh, the cover skills, you know, his ability to just mirror the receiver, uh, puts himself in a tremendous position to make a play on the football. I like him to the 49ers there at number 13 overall. I think Atlanta is another team that's really interested in him. There's a number of places that he can end up going, but I think that really makes a lot of sense for him right now. Uh, Vegas, 
What's going to be interesting is, is I think there's a pipeline there between uh, the Raiders with, with Gruden and Mike Mayock and the Clemson Tigers. You know, we saw that with uh, three players that all played well last season, all starters um, at some point during the year with Cleveland Furl, um, you know, Trayvon Mullen, and yes, even Hunter, Hunter Renfro, I believe he started a couple of games, you know, playing there out of the slot. So I, I think corner is going to be a guy, you know, a position that they're going to look for possibly in round number one. And at 19, I'm looking at AJ Terrell, 6'1", 195 pounds. Yes, the last game that we saw, um, he was struggling mightily against LSU. Uh, Jamar Chase really ate him up. And uh, look, you know, one game doesn't really make uh, or, or break a career or, you know, a career. And this was really a, 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 a career where he had more ups than downs. You know, that one game can't define that career. This is a guy who, if you watched him in the last three games, Virginia in the ACC championship game, this was a guy who did a great job playing inside leverage, repeatedly turning and running with the receiver, pinning his man to the sideline, not allowing separation, taking away options for Bryce Perkins in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State, showed the ability to jump routes on the perimeter, disruptive at the catch point, physical press corner as well, jamming his man off the off the line of scrimmage. Um, so the games leading up to that national title game, I thought he played really well. And uh, this is a guy, again, you know, three seasons, you know, one game, you really can't fault him for it too much. He's got tremendous length. Are there other better corners that are out there? Possibly. But, you know, I, when I look at it, I, I think there is something to the fact that Oakland is looking at guys from Clemson. And this guy could potentially pair up with Trayvon Mullen. And, uh, you know, I think that really make things interesting there in Vegas. Uh, so as we continue to move along, uh, I think Minnesota at 25, looking for a safety. And you're going to say, well, why are they looking for a safety? Um, you know, I thought they signed the free safety, Anthony Harris. Well, uh, Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot, you know, reported that a trade is on the table for Anthony Harris. So if that's the case, you're talking about potentially getting rid of, uh, of Harris, then uh, I'm looking at Antoine Winfield Jr., my top safety on the, you know, in the draft. I think he'd be a logical replacement. You know, remember his dad, uh, Antoine Winfield Sr., nine seasons in the purple and gold, racked up three pole bowl selections in the process. Ball hawk, you know, Jr. is a ball hawk. Ability to play up on the line one play, then in the slot the next before playing over the top as a deep safety after that. Swiss Army knife of the secondary. Biggest concern was his long speed, but he ran a 4-4-5 at the combine. You can really eliminate that first hurdle that would keep him from from round number one started his career with the Gophers in 2016 finished with 15 uh, 52 tackles uh, three pass breakups two fumble recoveries uh, one of which was returned for a touchdown but hamstring and, and foot injuries sidelined him for the next two seasons so durability has to be a concern returns to action in a big way in 2019 though 83 tackles three ta- uh, three sacks to go along with seven interceptions two forced fumbles and a touchdown um, you know First team, unanimous first team All-America honors, first team All-Big Ten, uh, Big Ten defensive back of the year, playmaker in the box, diagnosis plays quickly, takes excellent angles to the football, very reliable tackler in the open field, a savvy blitzer delaying his blitz, um, which allows him to get a jump on blockers, tremendous job with route recognition as a deep safety, read the quarterback's eyes, allowing him to get a good jump on the football, Uh, angles over the top allow him to undercut routes and make plays on the ball as well. Um, Some... 
teams worry about him being able to play, cover receivers in the slot, but I think the long speed, he shows that he can be effective, has tremendous ball skills, timing his jump to attack the ball at the catch point. You know, what's crazy, you know, he does ha- lack ideal um, size. He's is 5'9", 203. Um, you know, the other thing too is he doesn't have many pass breakups. So it's kind of an all or nothing thing. Either he's picking the ball off or, um, or he's not, you know, really making a play on the football at all. But I think, you know, his ability to haul in those interceptions really sets him apart as one of those guys you have to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, even with Trevon, uh, Trevon Diggs on the board, I think Kansas City is actually going to go Jeff Gladney, the 5'10", 191 pound ball hawk uh, there for the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, a guy who has five interceptions, 37 pass breakups in his career, leaping ability to challenge receivers at the, uh, with those 50-50 balls, uh, times his jump well to get a hand in to make a play on the ball. And, uh, you know, I, he doesn't have that ideal size to be an outside corner, but his aggressiveness, um, you know, his aggressiveness is uh, something that can be taken advantage of by the quarterbacks, resulting in getting beaten on double moves over the top. But, uh you know, he's someone who has that has the ball skills, uh, puts himself in a position to to make a play. Trusts his eyes in zone coverage, reads the play unfold in front of him, breaks quickly on the football. Um, shows good footwork and bail technique to plan as the receiver comes uh, back to the football, drives downhill without any wasted movement to put him in position to make a play on the ball. Um, you know, and he also is a guy that's going to look to jam his receiver and reroute at the line of scrimmage, has the agility and the route anticipation uh, to stay on the hip of the receiver. I like Gladney. I think ultimately you lost uh, you know, Kendall Fuller. This is a guy that I think could come in and replace Kendall Fuller, you know, similar size. Um, and I, I think this is a guy that can end up making some of those plays and, uh, you know, seems like a pretty good fit there. You notice I only mentioned one safety. We're going to get to more, obviously more safeties as, as we get through this. Um, but yes, the safety position, you know, I, there's a chance that Xavier McKinney could potentially be a first round pick. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, Grant Delpit is a first rounder at this point, um, but he will be taken in round two. Um, so you're looking at, at uh, the next defensive back off the board. I'm looking at 38 Carolina Panthers. I think they need uh, replace. James Bradbury at, at the cornerback position. I'm looking at Noah Igmanogany, and you know Igmanogany has the explosive speed. This is a guy who's a, a kick returner extraordinaire, a guy who makes plays in the return game, uh, two uh, returns for touchdown. Um, you know, a guy who also has 18 pass breakups in his career, just the one interception. So there is a little, little bit of concern. Can he make the big plays when he when he needs to? Um, but he shows up at the combine. And, uh, you know, able to show off some of his athleticism, ran a 4-4-8-40, 4, 37-inch vertical leap. I think, you know, round one is a little rich for him, in my opinion. I think he comes off the board in round two and Carolina gets a, a starting uh, corner. Dolphins ultimately end up getting Xavier McKinney. In. And look, McKinney, I, again, I think he absolutely has the ability to be a first-round pick. I just don't know... Um, you know, in terms of some of the athleticism, I think maybe the, the 40 time might have scared some people off a little bit. Uh, when you look at, at what McKinney does, he makes plays all over the field, um, but ran that 4 6 3 40. Um, so there is some concern there. Six foot, 201 pounds. Um, you know, McKinney does, you know, look, 175 tackles, um, 13 tackles for loss, six sacks. Uh, five interceptions, 15 pass breakups, six forced fumbles. Guy has a nose for the football. He was one of the lead, you know, he was really the leader of that secondary. And a guy, again, I, I think the Dolphins could potentially take him in round number one. I think the Patriots could potentially take him in round number one. Shoot, Dallas 
could take him in round number one because Ha Ha Clinton Dix is only a one-year rental. Um, but I think if Miami stays true to things, they could end up getting him in round number two. And if they do, that could potentially be a steal. Same goes for Christian Fulton. 6'1", 200 pounds, the junior out of LSU. I've had him in the first round of my drafts. Uh, but I'm lo- And I think he goes to the Jaguars ultimately, but I have him going in round two. Uh, I think those off-field issues, you know, ultimately, you know, he was initially suspended for two seasons, falsifying a, a, a drug sample for a PED test, and uh, ultimately um, was able to get his way back onto the field. And in 2018, 2019, you know, showed off, you know, his ability to make plays. You just worry about um, his off-field issues has he learned from those but 20 pass breakups in the last two seasons two interceptions a guy who didn't really see the football thrown his way even though he had greedy williams playing uh next to him um in in 2018 i think christian fulton can end up being a a star and could potentially be that guy that could challenge to potentially replace jalen ramsey um you know it's hard to to really replace a guy a pro bowl all pro like jalen ramsey but i think fulton has some of that upside to be able to do that denver i think they need to find another corner to replace um chris harris jr and if they don't end up getting C, uh, C.J. Henderson in round number one. I think Travon Diggs could potentially be had in round two. He's another guy that I've flirted with in the first round. Uh, 6'1", 205, converted wide receiver. Uh, pretty good length to him. A guy who has you know really excellent route recognition. You know, as a former wideout, I think he he definitely displays that. Um, you know, 17 pass breakups, four interceptions. A guy who just continues to develop. You know, was a receiver when he first showed up at Alabama. Played the last three seasons as a corner. And uh, I look at Justin Lane. Um, he he went to Pittsburgh uh, in round number three. I don't think we're gonna have uh, Diggs fall that far. Um, I think he's gonna come off the board in round two. That makes a lot of sense for me. Um, I'm looking at Atlanta. I think Atlanta needs a corner as well. We've talked about that previously, uh, you know, with uh, Desmond Trufant moving on. And uh, I'm looking at Jalen Johnson. Look, six foot, 193 pounds, the the junior out of Utah, another guy who has tremendous length. Don't put on the game against USC um, if you're looking wanting to really study him. Um, the 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 plus side because uh, I thought he got burned uh, and Michael Pittman Jr. really beat this guy up. But look, 21 pass breakups, seven interceptions in his career. Um, the junior for the Utes was really the the leader of that secondary, in my opinion. And that was a secondary that has uh, a bunch of guys that are going to get drafted in this year's draft. But uh, you know, when I look at Atlanta, you know you've got Isaiah Oliver. You've got uh, then after that Kendall Sheffield, uh, Bleedy Ray uh, Ray Wilson is the veteran of the group. Jordan Miller suspended for the first four games. I think you need to get another cornerback into that group, and uh, this just feels like a pretty good pick for me. Um, they get some size there at the cornerback position. Jeremy Chin, if you haven't seen him play from Southern uh, Southern Illinois, I think Dallas needs to get that corner. I mean that's that uh, that safety. Play alongside Xavier Woods and Jeremy Chin, 6'3", 221 pounds, a guy who's tremendously athletic, uh, showed up at the combine, ran a 4'4", 540, 41-inch vertical leap, and you look at the size and you're like, man, is this guy a linebacker? Um, but the production at the safety position was absolutely unreal, and that's why I don't think he gets out of round two. There's no way. Um, 243 tackles in his career. Um, 13 interceptions, you know, had three interceptions in each of his first 
three seasons and then another four in 2019. 31 pass breakups, six forced fumbles. Guy just has a nose for the football. Big physical player as well. Uh, you know, he's making a jump in competition, so that's going to be a, a huge concern uh, when it's all said and done. But I think this is a guy that can end up, um, you know, really making some plays there and really making some noise for Dallas in their secondary. Um, as we continue to move on, um, Damon Arnett, another corner. I think Minnesota needs to find a cornerback desperately, um, and they could potentially use uh, one of their picks in round number one to get a cornerback. Um, I'm looking at Damon Arnett, six foot, one ninety five, physical corner. Thought about flirted with coming out after a after his junior year. Glad he came back, really redeemed himself because I thought his junior season was kind of subpar for him. Um, but with Minnesota, they they lost Xavier Rhodes, they lost uh, um, Trey Waynes, and they lost Mackenzie Alexander. They need to get cornerbacks in a in a serious way, and uh, I think this is a pick for them that uh, they need to make. And you could potentially, this is a pick that, or a, a position that I think Minnesota ultimately ends up doubling up on when it's all said and done. You've got Mike Hughes. After that, there's really not a whole lot at the position. So I, I think this is a must. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Grant Delpit going to Seattle. Um, 6'2", 213 pounds. Look, you know, he was the, the Jim Thorpe Award winner, but I think a lot of that was on reputation. Um, really what his, his playmaking ability as a sophomore was really what got him on the map. You know, I think you know Bradley McDougald is playing the strong safety position alongside Quandre Diggs. I think Grant Grant Delpit would be an upgrade when it's all said and done. Delpit, yes, he missed some tackles, but he also was battling an ankle injury. When he's healthy, this guy is a dynamic playmaker. Look, twenty-four pass breakups, eight interceptions in his career. Um, you know, he had five in twenty eighteen to go along with nine pass breakups. Had seventy-four tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, five sacks. Production dropped again because of that ankle injury, and uh, you know struggled with with his range. You saw a guy who would get out of position and ultimately end up lunging at at guys and just completely whiff on some tackles. But I think it, when he's completely healthy, I think he returns to that 2018 form. I really do. I, I think he'd be a steal in, in round number two. I think Seattle ends up getting him there. Titans. Sitting at number 61, I think they need a corner as well. They did sign Ty Smith to go along with. Uh, they only have you know four corners on the roster, but you have Dory Jackson and you have uh, Malcolm Butler. And I, I think you need to get another corner out there, allow Butler to move into the slot. Bryce Hall makes a ton of sense. 6'1", 200 pounds, had a leg injury as a, as a senior, but look, as a as a sophomore, 21, I'm, I'm sorry, as a junior, 21 pass breakups. Had he come out as a junior, he probably would have been the number one corner taken in the draft. So that's uh, all I have there in round number two. Staying on day two, moving to round number three now, um, Cam Dantzler. I think the Dolphins need another corner. You already have Xavier Howard. You have Bryce Jones. Get a third corner there. Cam Dance last tremendous length. 6'2", 187 pounds. Has five interceptions. And I want to say off the top of my head, see if I can get this right. I want to say that he has 18 pass breakups in his career. Uh, let's see if I can get that right. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me. As I scroll through this, oh, five interceptions and 20 pass breakups. So it's a little off. 17, though, in the past two seasons. And look, Terrell Buckley is his position coach. He's come out and said he's the number one corner in the draft. T-Buck played a lot of years in the league, so he understands what it takes to, to be successful at the next level. I think he could potentially be a steal. Look, the, the, the 
40 time in the four sixes is a cause is cause for concern. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a nice pickup. Ashton Davis, Jaguars, they have Jared Wilson. I think Ashton Davis, 6'1", 202, uh, a track guy, still learning the position, but a guy who has tremendous range, uh, makes some plays on the football. Um, and look, you know, Ashton, you know, everyone was kind of hyping him up as, as a senior because when you looked at him, you know, four interceptions in, in 2018 and uh, and five pass breakups, really, you know, getting a better feel for the position when, it, you know, another two interceptions in 2019, four pass breakups, did play in just 11 games, got bit with the injury bug a little bit, but I think he's a tremendous athlete. I think the Jags, you know, if nothing else, they get another player that's going to challenge uh, Jared Wilson there for the starting spot. Cleveland, I think with Cleveland, you know, they, they lost Demarius Randall uh, there at the safety position and you know, they, they brought in some guys. You know, I think that's one thing that you can absolutely say. Um, they, they brought in some safeties. They have Carl Joseph at the strong safety. Anderson Dejo right now is their free safety. Um, you know, there's, there's Sheldrick Redwine um, on the roster right now, the rookie. Um, but I think when it's all said and done, when I'm looking at this, this team uh, at the safety position, I, I think Kyle Duggar is going to be a guy that's going to end up eventually being that free safety um, for – uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And I look at Kyle and what he's able to do. Another guy, look, he played at Lenore Ryan. So in terms of the jump in, in competition, another guy that we're really talking about. But look, 6'2", 220 pounds, a monster there at, at the safety position, 237 tackles, excellent range, has the ball skills as well. 10 interceptions, 36 pass breakups, six fumble recoveries, you know, to go along with six forced fumbles, um, has returned six punt returns for touchdown as well. So he's dynamic in the return game. So I, I think when when you look at Cleveland and you look at their return game, you have uh, Jarvis Landry as your punt returner. This could be the guy that can ultimately take over for Landry. You really don't want one of your starting wideouts um, back there returning punts um, if you don't have to. And I think that would be a nice guy that you could slide in there um, you know, and, and be effective in the return game. Uh, continuing to go through, I think Dallas needs a, a big corner to have a lot of smaller guys on the roster. I'm looking at 6'1", 200-pound Michael Ojemudia out of Iowa, one of the few guys that was able to actually reroute the the huge mammoth receiver that is uh, Chase Claypool. But look, Ojemudia, guy that people weren't really talking about, but um, you know, I'm I'm glad ultimately to be introduced to him by Jim Nagy. You know, I've watched him play at Iowa. I thought you know he he flashed, but I don't know why he didn't really register for me after getting to watch him at the Senior Bowl. I went back and watched some of the tape, and, and it started clicking. Six interceptions, seven, 17 pass breakups in his career, has tremendous length, showed up at the combine. And, and again, a guy that people weren't really talking about, ran a 4-4-5-40, 6 cone drill is the fastest among all the corners as well. Um, actually, it wasn't. I take that back. Uh, Miles Bryant, but he was number two to Miles Bryant, uh, the, the diminutive 5-8-5-9 uh, DB uh, there at Washington. But a guy who I think is an ascending prospect. I had him going to uh, the Raiders. If the Raiders look for another corner um, on day two, I think this could end up being the guy. I know Mike Mayock likes to have you know corners with some length, and uh, Ojemudia could be a potential guy that could end up end up with the Raiders as well. Um, 
Continuing through, let's see what else we have. I've got Terrell Burgess uh, for Utah. You know, safety going to Denver. Uh, Denver Broncos need um, you know some depth there at the safety position. They have Justin Simmons, um, who they you know slapped the franchise tag on, so he's going to be back for at least one more season. Um, and uh, you've got Kareem Jackson, the aging Kareem Jackson at strong safety. So you need to have guys that can fill in later on. And I think Terrell Burgess could potentially be that guy uh, for them. And uh, Amik Robertson, I think the Eagles, uh, this just feels like a match in, in round three. 5'8", 187, the junior, uh, a guy that people really aren't talking about. And it's really because he went to Louisiana Tech. But this dude is an absolute playmaker, a ball hawk, a guy who's going to be, you know, the nickel guy who can line up in the slot and just take over, um, you know, 14 interceptions, um, never had less than four in a season, 34 pass breakups. Look, also 23 tackles for loss, four sacks, 184 tackles. Why is this guy not being talked about in, in round one? You know, I'm not sorry, not round one, but round two. It's because he's short. You know, it's it's that, that lack of size. You know, if he had a few more inches to him, then uh, we could be talking about a potential first-round prospect. That said, uh, I, I think Amik Robertson is a guy that, you know, you really have to keep an eye out for. 5'8", 187. Um, but, again, the ball skills are evident and a guy who I think can make plays for days. Um, so that's the end of round, round three and day two in the books. Moving on to day three. I think there's a lot of talent to be had on day three as well. Darnay Holmes out of UCLA, 5'10", 195. Uh, another junior who decided to come out. I honestly, I think a lot of people like his his cover skills. I wasn't as impressed with Darnay Holmes. I thought you know, there were games in the Pac-12 where he struggled. Um, you know, he, he did have 17 pass breakups, eight interceptions in his career. I think, you know, his ability to make a play on the football, um, you know, is there, but I thought there were, there were a lot of bad tape as well going up against some of the better, uh, wide receivers in the draft ran a four, four, eight, 40, five, 10, 195. Can he play outside? Is it going to be more of a slot corner? I think that's ultimately why he ends up falling to day three. Cause you're kind of quite, you know, questionable exactly where you're going to play him, um, at the cornerback position. Continuing to move through Ravens, Chuck Clark is their their strong safety. I think they they can potentially upgrade there. Antoine Brooks Jr., 5'11", 220-pound strong safety there out of Maryland. Uh, played alongside Darnell Savage, the Green, uh, Green Bay Packer first-round pick from a season ago. And, and Antoine Brooks is a guy who I think, you know, again, very physical, plays around the line of scrimmage, could potentially be another linebacker in the box. Um, 237 tackles, including 87 this past season, 27 and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, four interceptions, nine pass breakups. Um, you know, a guy to me, he likes to play downhill whenever possible and, uh, having that physicality there at the back end of uh, the Ravens defense, you know, that's something that I think the Ravens are kind of lacking right now. I think he'd be a nice addition there in round number four. Um, continuing to move through J.R. Reed out of Georgia. J.R. Reed, you know, really a leader of that secondary, a guy that people didn't really haven't really given enough credit for for the work that he's done back there on the on the back end of that defense. Um, you know, 199 tackles, uh, a guy who plays, you know, over the top pretty well, comes down into the box when he needs to, but look, five interceptions, 14 pass breakups, uh, really the leader of that Bulldog defense as I said. Um, and a guy for me 
I just think he's a he's a guy that is going to be a consistent player. May not be a star in the league, but I think he's going to be consistent, be a solid player. 6'1", 202, ran a 4'5", at the combine, 34-inch vertical leap. Um, he's got decent hips as well. Um, I'm looking at the Bears. They already have Eddie Jackson, and they brought in Deion Bush, but I think J.R. Reed can push uh, Deion Bush for, for playing time. Uh, Julian Blackman. Uh, out of Utah, another of the Utah Utes, you know, the, the trio of guys that I really think are going to get drafted in the first four rounds of this draft, uh, which is quite remarkable uh, when you look at that at secondary. Um, but when you look at, at the safety positions, you have Jalen Mills who could potentially end up moving over to the corner position. You've got Rodney McLeod. I think this is a guy that can step in and can challenge for a starting spot there on the roster early on. Six foot, 187, Julian Blackman out of Utah. Round number five, you know, starts off Denver Lions, uh, Denver, Detroit Lions. Uh, I'm looking at Brandon Jones out of Texas, 5'11", 198 pounds, a guy who wants to be big and physical. I think, you know, he he's not as reliable as a tackler. He wants to go in and throw his weight around, needs to do a better job wrapping up, but he was the, the veteran leader of that Texas defense. And uh, yes, they have Deron Harmon, but then you have Tracy Walker uh, at free safety. You have uh, Jaron curse i think you know miles killabrew uh, i think this is going to be a guy that can come in there and challenge this group for a roster spot and could potentially end up um, looking at that group of free safeties he could probably end up moving his way into potentially starting there when it's all said and done i think he has um, some ability there kindle Vil- uh, vildor um, I think he goes to the Giants. Um, Giants continue to need cornerback help. I think this is a guy that can play in the slot. 5'10", 191 pounds. And when you look at the Giants, you know they do have DeAndre Baker. He struggled at times. Um, you do have uh, James Bradbury on the roster who you brought in. You have Corey Ballantyne and, and Sam, uh, Sam Beal. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to just be more of a, a slot player, then I think Vildor is going to be that guy. Um, and what I really like about Vildor are the ball skills. I think that's one of the things that you'd absolutely see 25 pass breakups, nine interceptions. Um, and a guy who look, he's really athletic, um, you know, and, uh, pretty quick. If you saw him at the combine and watched him perform, ran a four, 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 40, 39 and a half inch vertical leap. Also put up 225, 22 times. One of the stronger corners in, in the draft, um, so I, I think he's somebody to definitely keep an eye on. Um, let's see. Isang Bassey, uh, out of Wake Forest, 5'9", 191. He feels like a guy that could potentially go to the Raiders, be a guy that could potentially be a you know, challenge in the slot, um, or as a, as a, as a nickel, um, four, four, six, 40, 39 and a half inch vertical leap, six, nine, five, three cone drill. So, you know, one of the more explosive guys there at the draft, I thought he absolutely helped himself. I think he was somebody that people were talking about possibly falling, um, potentially even out of the draft or possibly being a sixth or seventh round pick, uh, 45 pass breakups in his career, um, double digit pass breakups in, in each of the last three seasons, 227 tackles, 12 and a half for loss. Uh, a guy who wants to come up and hit you and wrap up three state straight seasons with at least 60 tackles. You don't see a lot of corners with that type of production. Um, five interceptions as well. One of which he returned for a touchdown. That was his sophomore season. I'm a big fan of Isang Bassey. They're out of Wake Forest and uh, a guy who I think is going to get a lot of playing time. And I think the Raiders would be a nice fit for him. Let's see. 
Continuing through round number five, Lavert Hill out of Michigan, 5'10", 190. Uh, the biggest issue that I have with him, much like I had with David Long a season ago, he's just he's really handsy. Um, that's one of the things that he doesn't really trust himself. He, he wants to grab receivers when he gets beat and doesn't really trust himself and get himself into position. I thought he got overpowered, especially by by Denzel Mims at uh, the Senior Bowl. But look, you know, six interceptions, 20 pass breakups in his career. He does have the ball skills. And uh, I, I think round five, round five, round six range makes some sense for me. The Dolphins, I think they're going to end up, you know, I, I mentioned that they already were going to need one other corner. And, uh, you know, so that's why I had him taking um, Cam Dantzler in round number three. I think you get one more corner on the roster. Look, Miami may not end up using all of their picks, but if they do, you can get two quality corners there. And, uh, you know, Lavert Hill there at the round of, end of round five, that's probably the top end of where he's going to go in this draft. Round six, I'm looking at the Bills and... You know, they've got Matt Milano at, at linebacker and then the safety position. You'll see where I'm going here in, in a second. But then you, know, you also look at safety and you have Micah Hyde, you have Jordan Poyer. Um, a guy that I'm really looking at that can potentially fill a couple of spots on this team is Tanner Muse. Now, what I really like about Tanner Muse is, you know, he, he's a, a an intelligent player, very smart, puts himself into position to make plays, a very physical player. And look, he ran in the 4-4s at the Combine. You know, I thought that was a, a big surprise. 4-4-1-40, uh, 6-2, 227 pounds. He's a straight-line guy. I think there's stiffness in his hips. And you saw him repeatedly get burned and get out of, out of, uh, out of position. And, you know, that's one of the things that really worries me about him is, you know, he, he's somebody that, um, you know, I thought C.D. Lamb uh, took advantage of that. I thought LSU really took advantage of it as well. A guy that couldn't really break down and, you know, he'd get turned around uh, trying to drop into coverage. He struggled with that as well. Um, so I, I think he's somebody that could potentially end up playing the linebacker position. But, uh, you know, I, I think round six ultimately ends up making the most sense. I think the fact that he ran that 4 4 one um, could potentially get him drafted earlier. I just I worry about the stiffness in those hips, um, you know, especially if they're going to be asking him to cover, um, you know, his his angles. I think he also ends up getting himself in trouble a little bit with some of the angles that he takes. Uh, Reggie Robinson, the second. People aren't really talking about him. Um, he's six one, and two hundred five pounds out of Tulsa. And that's a big reason why I don't think people are really talking about him is, you know, he's playing there at Tulsa in the American Athletic Conference. But look, ball skills, 13 this past season, had three interceptions as well, 34 in his career, has pretty good size against 6'1", 205. And, you know, a guy who ultimately was covering the, the team's top receiver uh, for much of the game, um, ran a 4-4-4-40. And uh, so a guy with his size... Could potentially come off the board earlier, round four, round five. If he falls all the way to round six, the Jags, I mentioned that they are in need of some corners. Um, and I think they take um, you know, Christian Fulton in round number two. And uh, I think getting another cornerback with some size is going to definitely help for them on the outside, especially when you're talking about Rashawn Melvin, DJ Hayden, uh, Perry Nickerson, uh, Trey Herndon. None of them are, are uh, under contract beyond... Um, 2020. So 
I think this is kind of an investment in, in the future. And, you know, one of those guys may not even be on the roster um, beyond draft day. Or, I'm sorry, um, after camp. Uh, I think the Packers need another corner. I'm looking at Graylin Arnold out of Baylor, 5'9", 186. Uh, junior, I thought he should have come back for one more year. Um, you know, round six feels about right. You know, this is a guy who could potentially end up in Carolina just because of that Matt Rule connection. Um, you know, a guy who, you know, the six interceptions this past season, I think that's really what put him on the on the map. Uh, a guy who I think is going to probably play in the nickel when it's all said and done. Um, Geno Stone, 5'10", 207, the junior. Um, another guy that came out, I was kind of surprised that he did. Some people are talking him up a lot more. Um, I, I think he does have some range. I think he's a, a physical big hitter. I'm looking at the Steelers, and they have Mika Fitzpatrick. They have Terrell Edmonds. I think this is a guy that's going to be able to provide some depth there to the position as a potentially a, a third safety. And uh, look, Geno, in terms of the production, um, you know, had 70 tackles this past season, four pass breakups and interception, a guy that was making plays all over the field, had, uh, three forced fumbles as well. Uh, decent nose for the football, pretty good instincts. Um, I just, you know, he's one of those guys. I think there are other safeties that outperformed him. Um, Arizona, I think, you know, looking for another safety, uh, bigger safety, Miles Dorn, uh, North Carolina, 6-1-205. He and Dominique Ross were my two favorite players to watch there at Carolina. Uh, I think he gets a shot there. Uh, the Patriots, you know, I'm looking at Kenny Robinson out of West Virginia, 6-2-200. Uh, ends up showing up for, for St. Louis, the Battle Hawks, and, you know, that's the thing that, you know, the, he – Opted to, you know, not to enter the draft. Uh, well, actually, I, I take that back. He was a sophomore. Ultimately, ended up not coming back for his junior season. And then ultimately was going to work out, you know, and, and wait for the draft. Ends up getting drafted by the XFL. Uh, has seven, had seven interceptions in his career for the, Mountain, uh, the Mountaineers. Two of which that he returned for touchdowns. Seven pass breakups. Um, you know, pretty active there at the safety position as well. Tremendous ball skills. And, uh... You know, I'm trying to see if I can find his numbers there with the XFL. Okay, so I was able to find it. Two interceptions. So he was productive there for the, the St. Louis Battlehawks as well. And I think there, there's no denying that pro experience is definitely going to help. And this is a guy, look, I don't think he's going to be a first-rounder. He could potentially come off the board much earlier. He's one of those intriguing prospects, a guy who I think could end up coming off the board uh, as early as round two, possibly round three. I could see Seattle. I mentioned them taking Grant Delpit. If they don't want to go Delpit, this could potentially be the guy that they end up looking for. And uh, I think that might not be a bad go for them when it's all said and done. Um, I, th I think that's going to be one of those interesting draft picks. Um Dane Jackson out of Pittsburgh, six foot, 187 pounds. Um, you know, a, a guy who I think is one of those bigger corners, and you know, a guy who I, I thought you know showed off a ton of ball skills for uh, the Panthers during his career. A guy who had double digit sacks or double digit uh, pass breakups. You know, four five seven forty at the combine, 35 inch vertical leap. Showed off you know decent hips. I thought there as well. And uh, you know, when you're talking Dane Jackson, you're talking, um, you know, if I can get my computer pulled up here. You know, when you look at Dane, he wound up with 
let's see, four interceptions, 39 pass breakups, including 26 in the past two seasons, forced, forced fumbles as well. Um, I think he's one of those those guys who's going to be a sneaky, uh, sneaky good player. And I, I mentioned the Vikings needing to get corners, and I think they get two here uh, on day two, and, and I think they'd really be getting some productive players there, uh, getting a lot out of them. Legereus Sneed from Louisiana Tech. Um, you know, I think Green Bay potentially looking for another corner. Um, they already have, um, they already have one in, uh, in, um, in, in Savage, Darnell Savage, who absolutely, I think is a, a playmaker. He's a keeper, a guy that some people were surprised he was drafted in round number one. Absolutely a keeper. You've got Adrian Amos, the, the free safety. I think you need some depth there at the position. And uh, Legereus Sneed, the reason why I like him, again, another guy with the ball skills. Um, you know, And that's something that was definitely evident there. Um, 6-1 and, and 190 pounds. And, uh, you know, eight interceptions in his career. Back-to-back seasons with, with three interceptions. Uh, 19 uh, pass breakups as well. A guy who started off his career, you know, he played corner, moved to safety for a senior season, and uh, a guy who I think um, could end up playing his way onto the field when it's all said and done. Um, you know, Amos. You know, this guy could potentially be a, a replacement for Adrian Amos when it's when it's all said and done there in, in Green Bay. Um, so we get to the end of round number six. Harrison Hand going to the Patriots. Chris Williamson going to Seattle. Um, you know, Harrison Hand, a guy who you know transferred in, shows up at Temple, and uh, you know, one season of action there. You know, I, I thought that he definitely had potential. A guy who I thought you know really showed off some pretty good ball skills. Started his career at Baylor and uh, transfers to Temple uh, this past season. A guy who moved. Um, Moved to Temple, and you look at his his numbers. You know, sixteen total pass breakups, four interceptions in his career. A guy who I really would have been interested to see what he could do for the Owls. Um, you know, but I think round six. You know, some people think that he might be a fourth or fifth rounder. I just there there wasn't enough for me to really see on the field that really you know says yes, this guy has to actually be on on my roster uh, if I'm in uh, NFL executive. Uh, Chris Williamson, I mentioned him out of. Uh, out of Minnesota, uh, the last two seasons playing there for the the Golden Gophers, and um, you know another guy who I think has decent ball skills. I think he's an ascending prospect. Just one interception this past season, but it was for forty three. You know, returned it back forty three yards for a touchdown. He's one of those guys down the stretch for the Golden Gophers. You know that magical year there for PJ Fleck, a guy who I think was really counted upon and relied upon there down uh, at the end of the end of the season. Um, in round number seven, um, you know, I, I mentioned, let's see, uh, with Arizona, they already take one corner. I think they end up getting another one. I'm looking at Neville Clark out of UCF has pretty good length for him, you know, decent athleticism as well. Um, I think it's kind of underrated athleticism, a, a guy that people aren't really talking about six, one, one ninety, um, a guy who can play a little bit on the outside has pretty good ball skills, um, six, eight, eight, three cone drill. So a guy, you know, that has, uh, the ability to sink his hips and drop and, and in and out of his cuts for a guy, his height, 29 pass breakups, including 24, of the past two seasons, five interceptions in his career. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, uh, could be had, um, in the last couple of rounds of the draft. And, uh, I think Arizona, 
you know, getting a couple of corners. I think this would be a nice pick for them. Um, as we continue to move, Parnell Motley there for OU, six foot one seventy eight. This was a guy, you know, people really gave him a hard time because of his uh, vertical leap that was under thirty inches. Um, but still, you know, this is a kid. I, I think you know he he showed up at OU and, and showed some promise. And, uh, you know, has just continued to get better and better. You know, I thought he really had a standout season this past season with uh, Alex Grinch as the uh, defensive coordinator. And people didn't really want to go after him. I thought as a junior, three interceptions, 11 pass breakups this past season. You know, they were throwing after everybody but Parnell Motley. And, uh, you know, 13 pass breakups, five forced fumbles as well. He's got some decent ball skills. Not the, the the best athlete in the world, I guess you could say, but a guy who I think could potentially get a chance at the next level. And so if you're looking at him in, in round seven, I think the Rams, you know, need some corner help. And I think he could potentially be that guy. Levante Taylor out of Florida State, another guy. Uh, Giants, I mentioned them needing corners. I think Levante Taylor could potentially be a guy that can make, you know, make his way onto a roster. Josh Metellus, you know, I mentioned 49ers. I already have them taking Khalid Hudson, that linebacker safety combo. Get another safety from from uh, Michigan and Josh Metellus, really a, a model of consistency there for them. Uh, Houston getting a, a guy that they can line up in the slot and Josiah Scott from from Michigan State, 5'9", 185. Some people think he's actually the best prospect there for uh, Michigan State. I wish he would have been a little bit taller, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I didn't realize that he was 5'9". Um, he was actually high, you know, really only 5'10", so there really wasn't a huge difference. But 22 pass breakups, 6 interceptions, 5 in the past 2 seasons. And uh, you know, really with, with Josiah Scott, uh, ran a 4-4-2-40. 7th round feels a little bit, a uh, little harsh for his game. He was you know, one of the better prospects for uh, Michigan State. So he's one of those guys that I think you could probably – Put pencil him in probably in the fifth round range, um, but if he does fall to round number seven, I think at some point, you know what makes sense for me is is Houston's going to need a guy to play in the slot, and I think Josiah Scott could absolutely be that guy. So we've gotten through all of the defense. You know we've talked about the defensive prospects. We've really taken a look at them and what that's going to look like for this year's draft. We've got one more podcast prior to the draft, and that's going to be really breaking down my final mock draft. And that final mock draft, I'll make sure we have that on the website before the draft actually begins. So we'll have all of that posted. I want to actually try to get it posted before we even uh, go on the air with the podcast. Have everything out there for you so you'll be able to take a look at that in advance of the draft. And uh, yeah, you know, Joe Burrow number one, Chase Young, number two. I think Jeffrey Okuda goes number three. And then after that, the fun begins. And we really get into things after that. So we'll take a look at the first round. We may take a look at what I've done with day two and day three as well. Some some picks that really stand out. Some, some changes that I may have made. And some things to really keep an eye on. There's going to be a ton of trades. I'm not really trying to predict the, the trades when it's all said and done. But uh, I think we could talk about where I think some of the best fits will be for some of these players. Um, if it doesn't work out the same way for for my pot or for my mock draft at least looking at where might these players what what are other fits for some of these players as well so we'll get into that we'll talk about that uh tomorrow so i, I hope you've enjoyed the content we'll do this again tomorrow 
One last podcast before the draft, April 23rd through the 25th, completely virtual draft. Get to see exactly what that looks like, how that all plays out. Um, I'll be looking forward to the 30 for 30 that ends up coming out. That'll talk all about the first ever virtual NFL draft. I'll be looking forward to seeing that as well. So we'll do this all over again tomorrow. But for now, take care, everyone. This has been Greg Schutz for ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready for the Draft podcast. Episode 37, draft is right around the corner. Hope you're as excited as I am. Take care, everyone, and I am out of here.